Recorded live. You're now tuned into the VMware Community Podcast, your number one source on VMware news and updates. Interviews with V experts, product updates, new launchings, VMware events, and much more. Join the conversation now live with Eric Nielsen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 632. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my favorite, co- favorite co-host, Corey Romero. Today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Corey, how are you doing today, and uh, what does it look like up there in Utah? Oh, man, it's crazy in Utah. I, I think we've had a total of uh, five or maybe six days of no snow in the past five to six weeks. Um, we have dogs roaming the neighborhood because they're literally walking across yeah, fence fences where normally it would be like a six foot fence. Um, but yeah, it's been crazy. It's been you know, all good, not complaining. Absolutely love the snow, and we definitely need the water. Um, other than that, everything's great. Right, good, good, good. Uh, same here in California. The the last storm came through uh, yesterday. I think we had six to seven weeks of straight storms, and so it was a fun wintry holiday, and it's great to be back. It's great to be doing podcasts for 2023. On the show today, we're going to have uh, some of our favorite community members from uh, uh, Europe come join us, and we're going to talk about 2023, kind of go through some fun topics around what's happening in community and what uh, what uh, community members can be doing with their home labs and uh, cloud and some other topics, so it's great to have them. We'll do a speed round intro to all of the the those on the on the on the podcast but before we do that uh let's talk a little bit about well weather yeah just so you know uh we had the wettest california since uh 1867 so our reservation our reservoirs were are are going to be full they'll be overflowing in april when the snowpack melts the snowpack is like uh like 22 feet deep or something like that when they show cars driving through it's like over the tops of two-story houses up in the sierra nevada so uh, record snowpack uh, drought will probably be declared over sometime when all that melts off and uh, we're happy to go through that and uh, and not flood away corey i know you got some expert stuff going on uh, so maybe we should just uh, go through that and then we'll get going with our guests yeah, sounds great. So vExpert News, I've sent out a couple emails over the past couple of days, so make sure you read those. Um, applications for the 2023 program are going to close on January 27th, and that's going to be 8 a.m. Pacific time. Um, so a little bit different time this year, but just remember 8 a.m. on the 27th, they will close. Um, so we are targeting a, a February 17th announcement, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, in the emails that I sent out, I believe this one went out on the 11th, uh, was Pluralsight. Um, so Pluralsight is play, paying V experts $1,500 uh, for session videos. So go read the email from uh, January 11th and to see the details on that. Uh, we do have an opportunity to participate in a two-minute home live videos. That email went out a little while ago, so there's a sign-up form if you're interested in doing that. Uh, we will market, uh, market your videos, your story, and your content. Uh, via Twitter, um, similar to what we did with the VExpert applications, with uh, you know some of the feedback um, on the VExpert program. So some of those, similar to those videos. Um, Intel, uh, as you know, uh, we we did a, a deal with Intel, so we partnered with Intel um, to give away a 10 pack of Optane drives 
per person that qualified. Um, so we are exploring the idea for doing this for Europe. Um, I know we did USA, US only. So now we're interested in, uh, in seeing who is interested in signing up uh, in Europe to do this. So uh, if you qualify, so qualification means, you know, depending on how many sign up as well as, you know, are your social media platforms up to date? Have you been blogging, producing videos, active on uh, active on Twitter, other other pl uh, platforms of your choice? Um, so uh, that email just went out just a little while ago. So go read that. And uh, if you're in Europe, go sign up for that. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, been a busy time for you, Corey, right? Between uh, the Intel hardware and uh, several different briefings so far this year, like it's uh, uh, off and running. So excited about that. So cool. All right. So uh, moving on, uh, let's get to our guests and let's uh, talk a little bit about what's happening in the uh, community in 2023. We came off with the outstanding uh, VMware Explore uh, in uh, November where, you know, we expected to get 3,000 people and we ended up with 10,000 people at uh, VMware Explore. So the community has been kicking butt over there in Europe and uh, everybody was excited about that. And in fact, so excited that uh, they are, uh, they announced that they're going to be doing VMware Explore in Barcelona again next year, so uh, in 2023. And that was not something that uh, Broadcom had committed to, but uh, the, the results were so compelling uh, that, of course, uh, they, Broadcom's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep doing these. This is, why would we not? The, the numbers look great. So let's uh, introduce our guests. So we'll kind of do speed round. we got four guests here, uh, Garth, Alexandra, uh, Lino, and Wooter. And uh, I'm not going to even try to say last names because that's just too many to mess up all in one podcast. Uh, so let's just everybody, what, what you get is like 35, 40 seconds. Who are you? Um, how do you say your last name? And uh, what do you do in the community? Where do you work? Just give us a little brief about that. We'll start with Alexandra. Why don't you go first? Hi. Thank you, Eric. So uh, I'm Alexandra Todorovska. Uh, I come from a small country in the Balkans, in southeastern Europe, uh, Macedonia. And uh, I've been working in IT for, well, close now to five years. Um, I've started out as help desk, and I'm actually uh, a self-taught engineer because by formal education, I'm a lawyer. And yeah, uh, how I've started out is by uh, teaching myself with a lot of courses and, of course, building out a home lab to help me progress more. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think of all the people that have been on community podcasts and given us their career arc, I don't think I've ever heard lawyer as what I used to be before I decided to be, you know, a, a tech geek running running computers. So that's that's just pretty cool. Um, I guess I'm a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. I can say that it's, a, it's an inspire for women that want to be in tech. And Alexander is the first to be expert in Macedonia, is the only one. And we are so proud to have her here today. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that is awesome. Uh, we'll go with Lino. Hey. Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Lino Tolera, and uh, I'm from Italy. And uh, like Alexandra, I, my, my formerly I was graduating in uh, food technologies, and then uh, I moving on IT since uh, I was uh, really young. So uh, this is uh, my passion, and um, yeah, uh, I'm a cloud architect, uh, and um, I'm working in a 
um, certification authority in Italy. And um, yeah, I'm a focus on um, infrastructure automation uh, and uh, DevOps uh, space uh, and so. Nice. All right, yeah. thanks. Lino, uh, my, my yeah. one comment is uh, uh, Stefania, who is a marketing director, uh, she works on our team and I made the mistake of actually thinking she was from France when in fact she was uh, Italian uh, from Italy. Yeah. Uh, that's a mistake you should never make. I've learned that the hard way. Do not uh, <laughs> tell somebody, oh yeah, you're from France. How's Paris doing? Right? They don't, they don't like that too well. All right, we'll yeah. move on. Yeah. I, I know her and uh, yeah, she's yeah. really amazing. Yeah, she's yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, so for me, my surname is uh, Telera, if uh, someone. Telera, yeah. yeah. Good. Wouter, we'll give it to you. Yeah, so I am Wouter Kruste. Um, yeah, I've been in IT for many, many years. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. I'm having some performance issues here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having some challenges with my laptop at the moment. It always happens at the right time, right? Of course. But yeah, I'm, I've, I've been in IT for 20 plus years uh, doing things with VMware, being cert for over 14 now, I think. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've, you've been, been, been here. I always call you Wooter, but it's Wouter. You tell me that every time you do the, compo- the podcast, you tell me, remember, it's like a router, not a, not a router, right? So. That, you know, like I'll have to remember that. So, close enough. Wouter. But I, yeah, it's close enough, right? There you go. Um, and I, yep. yeah, your claim to fame is you're an upstairs office uh, like me, and you have a skylight that looks about like my skylight with a little bit of uh, drywall, and you know, it's like a cool thing. And if I actually were to rotate my ki- my yep. my thing up, you would see that I'm in the same boat. I got like a half built skylight in my upstairs office so there you go that's what that well and finally the, uh, the window frame itse- the window frame itself was replaced just this would not so <laughs> okay there you go there you go got that uh garth uh why don't we do do you and then we'll get on to some good questions garth yeah yeah so uh can you guys hear me okay yeah great yeah so uh i'm gareth edwards i'm uh one of the experts based out of the uk um Few may know me because I do the kind of the V Expert Pro program, helping mentor people through there, um, and that's kind of you know the whole reason I do it is uh, a bit like Alexandra. I kind of grew from the IT help desk all the way up through. Um, I'm actually now a VMware solution engineer. So again, if anyone's ever thinking, will I ever get there to the mothership, that big dream role, it can happen. Um, I used to be the guy at the back of a VMUG who wouldn't even say boo to a goose, um, and it all started from just one talk, a lightning talk, to the next thing to creating a home lab web page, to creating a podcast about home labs and technology. Um, and it just spirals from there. Uh, it kind of, you get that passion, you just keep going. So, you know, if, if there's anyone out there who wants some inspiration, I'm more than, more than happy to help them. Nice. Nice. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start with the questions that uh, we talked about doing for 2023. Like it is exciting in that, you know, the pandemic has kind of wound down or it's it's at a level that I feel like it's a it's a good flu, but you could still go out and do things uh, and start to engage with people and not risk uh, dying. Right. So like I, it seems like now we've come to the point where we can get back out. And uh, I got COVID uh, at VMUG uh, Europe. I Sorry, at uh, Explore this year. It didn't kill me. It was a light cold. And I plan on going to other events and, and, and engaging. So, uh, Garth, I know that you, you're a, a, a expert pro, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
Are you expecting uh, to engage out in the ecosystem this year more normal? Me and Corey have talked about, do we approve uh, V-Experts even though they haven't uh, been out enough because the pandemic was still locking people in. So where do you think we're going in 2023? Uh, Yeah, for me, I think there's been a shift in dynamic. You know, the normal social media channels aren't always the things, you know, so when I'm mentoring people, I'm asking them additional questions. You know, what have you done over and above your job role that you can maybe share with me that you've done with a customer? Or maybe do you have an internal intranet that, you know, you can't share it externally, but could you just maybe send me a few screenshots? And, you know, again, I'm a VMUG leader, so it's like you start reintroducing people to those. Like, um, I've got to give a call out to the Japan VMUG. Um, I'm actually wearing the hoodie. You know, those guys are on fire. They're doing, like, you know, lightning talks every so often. So it's trying to engage people back to, as you said, those VBs, those communications, just brief updates, just thinking of doing things in a different way. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be hard. You know, a lot of people have stopped blogging. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't think they're worthy. And it's just reminding them that, you know, we don't always have to be, right up there on the social channels what other ways are you doing to share the community message is is it lunches or meeting as a community you know it doesn't always have to be visible straight away but if you can help us sign posters to those things we can kind of help you with your application i think is that fair to say Corey? yes absolutely yeah completely agree yeah i did send out an email um with the title uh, covid ex- exemption um, so or exception. Uh, so we are we are offering that absolutely by case by case basis. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to see some of that as well. Um, starting to, you know just to hear some conversations about that. So uh, yeah, yep. All right. So Lino, do you get out of your office and have you seen it start to pick back up? Uh, yes, I'm starting uh, going out uh, of my offices and. Um, yeah, um, for example, tomorrow I will be in Rome for uh, a meeting, but uh, I think that uh, um, today is important to start meeting again people in person. And uh, so we have, uh, um, yeah, as a, um, even if uh, as a uh, employee or a community member of, uh, I am also a VMAG leader, and uh, we are planning uh, uh, some events. We want to run all these e- uh, all uh, these events in person. And uh, for this, uh, yeah, in this, in this time, I think that uh, it's uh, really important to reboot and restart the uh, traditional engagement of the of the guys uh, around uh, around the country. And uh, so we 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 are starting planning some uh, some events as I as I said, and uh, we are also planning the UserCon, which is one of the yeah for our Vimag uh, community is one of the most important events in the year, and um, yeah and uh, I ho- hopefully uh, me and w- and Water we are also good coaches and uh, also we are uh, hope to do something more practically yeah more uh, real during this year because this is our our hope so um, last time okay. uh, we we missed the uh, uh, the time where we did we did uh, the akatoon and uh, so it's, uh, yeah nice I, uh, yeah 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 I, I i agree with that wouter uh what what's uh what's your impression here for 2023 uh, I've already been traveling. The Dutch VMUG was in person already last year. It will be again in person this March. I've been to the Belgian VMUG as well last year, and I will go there this year again. I hope to present at a bit more VMUGs. I'm actually releasing a tool in a couple of weeks at the VMUG Virtual EC Day, 
and I hope that I can show that at some more VMUGs. Nice. I know that uh, we're talking budget for VMUG because I now uh, try to help get budget from VMware over to uh, VMUG and my new role with VMUG. And uh, one of the things that I've tried to do is earmark, earmark like 50K uh, extra just to encourage community sessions at, at user cons, right? Uh, so that uh, we can get a more mixture of community sessions at the user cons versus there's always VMware sessions. We always get speakers there. There's always uh, partners that are there. But the idea of getting uh, 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 the, the, the routers out there or others, you know, that are that have kind of community stuff to say at these is something I'm interested in. Uh, Alexandra, uh, I'll, I'll loop back to you at the end here. Um, what's your thoughts of 2024? Do they let you out of the, the of, of of your office, and do you get to uh, participate uh, throughout the country? Uh, well, yeah. Um, actually, 2022 has been uh, the reboot year. It seems for most of us, and uh, everything will probably go back uh, in the more traditional sense of in-person events. Unfortunately, we do not have a lot of uh, VMUG uh, events here locally. Uh, there is not that much of a presence. I do hope I can uh, help that and spread the uh, VMUG spirit a bit, uh, trying to uh, gather some people and maybe uh, organize a local VMUG here and make some events. Uh, so far, uh, I think if like the opportunity arises and traveling is not way too expensive, we will see air travel how it will uh, turn out this year. Uh, I do. Uh, I will try to visit some other uh, VMAG events uh, throughout Europe, uh, but uh, it would be nice actually to have maybe some smaller sessions uh, f from other VMUGs in, throughout Europe or even the US or uh, globally to be a virtual still because uh, yes, COVID has kind of gone away, but still traveling is uh, a bit uh, expensive. Yeah. Uh, it can be troublesome to organize and especially for, from parts of the a world where you don't have that much of a local presence of the V community, um, you turn to a global, uh, to the global, yeah, to be a global audience. Yeah. 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 Yeah, right. yeah. Now, it is so, interesting. We, we have talked about that, that even though we talk about coming back online and in person, we are also talking about continuing to do live streams and streaming and how much do we go back to the office versus how much do we just stay streaming. And I know for VMUG, we are going to continue doing, even though streaming traffic was down relative to 2020 uh, and 21 and uh, 22 was, you know, still strong and so we i think that there will still be plenty of virtual content it will certainly live in a hybrid world uh, going forward for people that are in places that they they can't get to you know volume content yeah yeah because uh you know we have some lessons learned from the pandemic that hopefully we won't forget uh because a lot of the content and like right now that we can talk like this uh it's because of those uh, hybrid uh, yeah. you know hybrid way of uh, working uh, in the pandemic uh, that got to us to this point that we can uh, exchange ideas exchange uh, 
contacted and uh, continue to continue that tradition, it would be nice to a certain extent. I agree. Even uh, we, we we talked about how we did, me and Julie were talking about how we used to do this podcast. And we used to be in studio and rarely would we do a remote guest. Almost always we just had local guests. But as soon as the pandemic hit, then all of a sudden we're on uh, StreamYard. We have multiple people coming in. We have cameras We have and everything is seamless. And we're like, yeah, we're never going back to the way it was because this is just way more efficient at getting global audience, getting global participants in the podcast. And so I, I don't think we're going to go back, but I think it is fun to also get people in person to, together. So um, True. And I think like VMware Explore Barcelona showed that. Uh, it was my first tech conference ever, uh, but it was uh, an extremely rewarding experience uh, because uh, you get to really uh, feel the community spirit there. Uh, it's not just like a cliche saying that the community is what matters at these events, but it really does because um, you meet new people and these are all people that kind of share the same interests like you. And uh, it's really refreshing, especially after so much time being uh, locked up for everyone at home. Right. But even yeah. if uh, if it wasn't for that, it's I think it, was probably before the pandemic, it was a nice experience to have and to meet people that way. Right. All right. And with that, we'll, we'll switch topics and I'll, I'll, I'll rotate through. So home labs, um, you know, there's, there's always home labs and vSphere 8's out now, I think at GA sometime in November. So everybody's probably starting to get their feet wet on uh, upgrading to vSphere 8. And, uh, you know, you have storage, we have networks, you have home lab, we have AI showing up. We have N NVIDIA. I got recruited. Uh, probably all you guys did too for NVIDIA's Bluefield DPU farm that they've got out there. So that's not really home lab, but it's like all of this geeky tech that we can engage with. Um, I just wondered, uh, it, all of us have kind of goals and aspirations for 2023 and what they want to try to do with their home lab. So uh, maybe I'll start with Lino again, just because uh, he nodded here. Um, do you have any plans for your home lab in 2023? Uh, yes. Um, let me say that uh, uh, I want to thank you for uh, yeah um, for the the nuke uh, I received uh, in 2022. So I starting um, cracking my head on uh, uh, doing some stuff like uh, you know uh, more portable ways to have a lab uh, because yeah um, I starting traveling again. So um, I need to have something that I can bring with me, um, yeah with me and uh, use in the hotel or uh, wherever I, I stay. Uh, and um, um, I have also uh, um, my, yeah, my uh, on-prem lab here. Uh, but I'm, yeah, my, I, I'm planning to upgrade this lab to vSphere 8, of course. Uh, but uh, I want to uh, blog and move uh, uh, the scope of my lab uh, in a uh, Kubernetes space with uh, Tanzu and uh, Tanzu Kubernetes grid. So this is my my main focus uh, on my lab. So I'm planning also some upgrades. So let me say I, I have to uh, settle all my all my budget. My wife agreed to spend some monies to upgrade my lab because yeah, this is my. Uh, my job, this is my life, this is my passion. I don't ask anything, but uh, 
I want my own lab, and own lab is uh, one of the um, fundamental piece of um, of my work. Yeah, it is. It is uh, the the fact that you ma mentioned mobile lab reminds yeah. me. A, a year ago, I was traveling and I got stuck in the airport, right? And I had my backpack and I had uh, Raspberry Pis in there. And me and a, a an intern who was traveling with me at the time, we had like a five or six hour layover. We found a table and we built a whole lab right there on the table. Plugged it in, had power strips, and we had Kubernetes running. And then we built little kind of kind of cables, custom cables, and you know, by the time we were done, six hours was gone, and that like it was time to catch our flight. And we we're like, that was the funnest having a, a mobile lab, and you're bored in the hotel or you're bored in an airport. If you have something like that, you can geek out and you can waste six hours in a flash, right? Like it, it, six hours goes, and if you have geeky tech with you, you can have a lot of fun really quickly. So yeah. it, it is fun. Uh, and I'm also studying uh, blogging uh, some yeah some tips. On uh, uh, about what I'm doing because uh, it's not uh, it's not easy uh, to set up, but uh, we are. I'm trying to find uh, the right uh, configuration to have uh, the lab that is uh, working. <laughs> or simply, I'm not only viewing the virtual machine, but I can also work on that virtual machine to yeah. to make some yeah some cool stuff. Router, uh, what do you say about Home Lab? I don't even know. You're a developer by heart. Do you have much about Home Lab? I, I'm, a, I'm a feature admin by heart originally. So, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I, I like doing my code things. I, I, I have my lab. It's already on feature eight. I had to order some new network cards because I connect X3, and those aren't supported with feature eight anymore. So. But cool. It's the thing right. out so, there. Yeah. I might need to replace some machines at some time, but it's cool. You're one of those get started early overachievers, right? When there's the bell curve, you're at the beginning of the bell curve. I'm like the lagger way down at the end of the, like, I'll get to, you know, my seven upgrade sometime this year and then maybe my eight upgrade, you know, year after next, right? When it expires, that's the way I, why I look at it. Alexandra, um, I know you mentioned having your own home lab and I'm sure that's been exciting for you. Where are you on your journey when it comes to home lab? Yeah, so uh, so far I have uh, two Raspberry Pi hosts uh, running on Visphere 7 and uh, I got that um, uh, Intel Nook gift that we had on the Explore conference on Visphere 8. So, uh, so far I think I'm going to keep at that uh, version, but uh, yeah, as well, like uh, Lino, I would like to be able to access my lab from anywhere. Uh, I've actually been trying to um, dedicate each day uh, some time uh, to my home lab uh, and uh, committing to the 100 days of home lab challenge. And the, uh, a vacation or a trip comes up and for a few days I can't really do anything because I'm away from it. So yeah, I'm going to be looking into somehow remoting at least uh, into my home lab this year and making that my challenge. 
Right, right. Nice. That's, that sounds reasonable. I know that uh, from my perspective, um, my wife watches my power bill, right? And so I do like the 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 Max Tang Nook because it doesn't have a fan. It's pretty low. It only runs on 10 watts when it's not busy. And that's my other problem is I keep all these machines running. And the next thing you know, I'm spending $200 a month on power on these guys that I'm really not using. And so... Not down downscaling, but I, I do pay attention to top power these days, especially since energy has gotten very expensive since uh, all the problems we've had with uh, the energy across the globe. So um, keeping it small has is, has its advantages, right? Uh, especially if you want to keep something up all the time that you can access remotely. Uh, that's also nice to have something that's low power. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Garth. Uh, I don't know if you have home lab, don't have home lab. What's your deal? Mine has gone on. I've gone like this on the bell curve. Um, mine has gone from being the Nux from many, many years ago, writing the things to behind this wall. Actually, this this side um, is a mini data center, really. I've got a load of DL380 hosts, um, a load of Nooks, a load of Raspberry Pis, trying to do just about everything that I can demo off. Um, and actually, I'm kind of scaling back down now um, and starting using features like DPM and things like that and getting some little super micro so I can start consolidating down when I'm not using it. So I can kind of stretch my legs when I need to. Um, and then I can shrink it back down to running on some of the nooks, like my V centers and just little bits that can be there. Because one thing I'd love to do, and I think what we like doing in home labs, um, you've got kind of the scripts that, you know, like um, from William Lamb, like the auto build lab. Um, and I kind of want to take that one step further and, and um, kind of do lab as a service. So if I do want to shut everything down and I forget about it for a month or two, I can come back to it, run a script and everything, get rebuilt. It's all afresh. It's all new. Um, and dare I say, I offer that out to the community or dare I say, even offer my lab out to the community and build some nested stuff side by side. So people like Alexandra, who's maybe learning straight off, I can maybe lend her my lab for a week if I'm not using it, if I'm on holiday and there's a lab there, all fresh, ready to go. That's, that would be my goal if I can achieve it in 2023 is, is create kind of a, a lab as a service. Right, right, right. That's got, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, did a hackathon uh, a couple of years ago, I think with Corey, me, James Grimcastle and a couple others uh, where we tried to do kind of a, a V expert slash community uh, come in and grab a piece of vCloud Air, right? Uh, with your Twitter ID, right? So that you could come in and get access to servers because vCloud Air was giving away three month uh, trials, right? But what we did was aggregate them. We created like a thousand trial URLs and trial email addresses. And then we plugged it into our system and then it allowed anybody with a Twitter ID to come in and just get a VM right on that for free and it would last a long time and we could be motion it to another uh, user ID when that one expired. So we'd have a running rolling list of uh, user IDs. We didn't win the hackathon because I don't think the leadership liked that we were hacking their, their cloud environment, but it is, it is kind of cool to have that, uh, that kind of you know, ability to have a, a cloud-based uh, delivery of com capacity, right, from your lab. Yeah, so we, we yeah. used to have the Ravello home labs for a while, and that was uh, quite nice. So it was not a home lab. You could, you had some credits for, and you could run some systems 24 seven. Hmm. -like that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and that the reason behind the script is well to also help people stretch their, you know, stretch their outside their comfort zones. You know, I, again, a lot of us are vSphere admins, but we're having to learn things like AWS and Azure 
And can this script just put up the minimum things that you can then start transferring that knowledge so you can pivot a bit like Alexandra pivoted perfectly in her career. But can we help each other do that? You know, if I want to move my lab from my home lab, could I run that in in VMC on AWS or in AVS or Azure or Google? And just giving people the ability to pivot where they can really. Yeah, I would say as we transition into the cloud topic here, right? Like that's one of the things that I've learned until you've actually run your workloads at different places and used it, you really don't know whether you you can stand up and say, yeah, that's going to, I'll bless that for my, for my company, right? Like, uh, so it is good to do this in your home lab and see how this stuff works so that you can stand up with authority and say, yeah, I like I like Azure. I've run stuff there. I've put workloads there, and it's it seems to work, and it's not buggy. Versus, it mm-hmm. only took us like a one week uh, back in the vCloud Air days to say this is garbage. None of it works. Nobody should put any workload here because this stuff doesn't stay up for more than twenty minutes when we when we do stuff. So there is something to be said about you know testing out things. Yeah, absolutely. I, again, prime example, I've got a customer now, we're testing out some NVIDIA cards and we and I got hold of one and shoved it in my lab. And we said, does it work? Yes, yes, it does. Give me your app. Let's try it. You know, they're scared of doing it on the production, but if I break my lab, I don't really care. Um, always give them the caveat, it is a lab. It's not enterprise grade, but, you know, it's it's a great way of demoing off things like, you know, like the vSAN, the NSX, building, you know, even doing stuff, uh, pushing the, the technology to its limits a little bit, really living on the bleeding edge. It's, that's the best thing I love about labs is, is doing stuff on the bleeding edge or finding that really unique puzzle, or as you said, pushing it just to that that odd use case and seeing it work is quite quite rewarding. Right. Yeah, yeah I get that. When we talk about, you know, I hear I hear Raghu uh, say, like, look, it's it's about you know SaaS services, VMware SaaS, VMware cloud, multi cloud, cloud everything. Uh, Lino, I know that you're you you have cloud architect in your title, right? So, yeah. um, where do we think we're going to land in 2023? In from the standpoint of you know cloud adoption, is what uh, Ragu's trying to get us all to do makes sense, right? Are we all going to climb that mountain? I know we we struggle with some of this stuff. Where, where are you on all this? Yeah, I, I'm. I want to say that. Uh, um, yeah, in my job, uh, we are still uh, moving uh, some workloads from on-prem to cloud and uh, trying to find um, the yeah the right uh, um, balance. On yeah, that. balance between uh, cost and the uh, performances. So um, let me say that uh, in, this is my my opinion. Uh, yeah, um, um, it depends on uh, on the cases. It depends on the, the scope uh, or uh, uh, what you, what do you want to do in the cloud. For example, if you um, try to uh, move your application from the traditional application to to the Kubernetes, we have uh, a lot of ways to do that. So first start with lift and shift, and then uh, um, um, re-architect your application or uh, rewrite your application. It depends on time frame. It depends on, uh, yeah, uh, let me say the application. And uh, here I want to say that uh, it's true. We uh, should not um, see the virtual machine as the end of uh, our perspective. We should see the application. We should um, focus on the application and then try to find the best technologies 
uh, that uh, are uh, available uh, in cloud or on-prem. It depends also by the regulation and so. Um, another thing I heard uh, last year is the super cloud. So it's an operating model uh, that you can run the same with the same operating model on-prem, in cloud, in some cloud providers. Probably for a lot of um, traditional companies that wants to move, they, they want to simply move their workload from on-prem to the cloud. This is a, a, yeah, the great solution because they are changing anything uh, with their organization and they easily um, move their application uh, across many cloud providers. So uh, let me say the cloud is going to be uh, another commodity. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, um, let me say that uh, in uh, in yeah in uh, in the company where I work, uh, we are re-architecting all the applications. So we are moving completely the abstraction to the Kubernetes layer. And for this reason, we have a uh, uh, Kubernetes uh, in uh, in different uh, flavors. If you uh, run containers uh, in EKS uh, or uh, AKS or uh, in, um, in Google, uh, the workload is is the same. This is uh, yeah um, yeah the thing uh, that we are we are working uh, day by day, and but uh, behind the scene, uh, if you, even if you are on prem or in cloud. Uh, the, the um, mandatory technologies you must implement is the automation. So the automation is the key to go to the cloud to stay on-prem and uh, so move your uh, consumption in a, another layer. Wouder, I'll go to you. Uh, what's your impression cloud, the application, managing your application, having apps that will allow you to do this? Where do you stand? Uh, I obviously, I live more in EUC world, so... It's a mix. Some customers stay on-prem, some move to cloud, some do a mix. So they have a certain amount on-prem and then just use, still use the cloud for bursting for desktops. I think it's also high. It, 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 all of it will be hybrid, I think. Yeah, that may, I, I could see that where, you know, that especially when you, you start looking at costs and it becomes real, it's kind of interesting when you first think about it, you go, oh, that would that would save us time and energy and we don't have to be running our own servers and racks and cables. But then when you start getting the bill, you start realizing they've tripled the price on all this stuff, right? Like I, I, Absolutely. I, I, have, I have customers that are in the process of moving to cloud. I also have customers that are moving back on-prem. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's there's a little bit of from me that I, I actually miss it, right? Like, so as soon as I put everything in cloud, I go like, well, that was fun, but maybe I want to pull some of it back because I kind of miss having this stuff local. There's a, there's trade-offs to all that. And uh, on one hand, the grass is greener on one side. Then I look and I go, oh, the grass is green on the other side. And yeah, it, it kind of goes that route. It is interesting to see that. Um, yeah, but, but I do agree with Lino that automation is key, whatever they do. Whatever the customer does, automation is key. Right, right. Alexandra, any thoughts on cloud? Sorry, I muted myself too long. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, my view on this is a bit uh, uh, constricted because I only work with one company and it's uh, our environment is hybrid, but kind of pr predominantly uh, running uh, on-premise and uh, I guess uh, the cost will be uh, the 
definitive uh, go-to probably uh, for our workloads as well. Uh, I, I assume that it will be taken into consideration uh, also the nature of applications and uh, whether they will be better suited for one or the other environment. What uh, I'm going to switch subjects. I'm going to skip you, Garth, but uh, it's okay because I'm going to hit you guys with a question that I didn't uh, tell you earlier. Like when uh, you're thinking about security, right? Um, and I, as an admin, don't like security because it's very detail-oriented. I like doing things. I'm an admin because I like to put things in servers and racks and you know, in, and that. And like the details of monitoring and engaging and keeping track of a dynamic threat, uh, I don't like that, right? So I tend not to uh, want to spend time on it, even though we need to. What are you guys, uh, uh, Wooter, where, where do you think... Uh, router uh, where do you think um, how much of our daily job is going to require us to spend worrying about security as we go into 2023 everything you always have to keep security in mind period yeah I know I hate that <laughs> oh I oh, oh um, I fight with our security we have to implement things in our own product because of security that don't make sense in the usability case but on the other hand, you also don't want to be named in, yeah, in yeah, a big yeah. hack attack somewhere. So, yeah. All right. I guess so. Um, uh, Garth, I don't know how much you run into it when uh, your day to day uh, activities and driving the experts. Very regularly. Um, and believe it or not, one of my old roles was actually a security auditor. So, um, I'm probably the worst person to say, talk to about this, but for, for me, it's all about, you know, if you've got clever architecture and you're placing your data in the most best bits, as you said there, like you want to keep some of your crown jewels where you can touch and feel them and you know where they are. You know, it goes back to our whole cloud thing there is that if, if your most important stuff is in a place where you know is secure and if that has, happens to be an on-premise data center, then keep it there. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, and as cheesy as it sounds, is it's a lot of the time it's human error that causes security breaches or people you know being you know manipulated in some way you know with people trying to you know, get, we get these all these bogus calls pretending to be amazon but people go and do that at a much much bigger scale um there's such things as such as whaling um where they'll go after the ctos and cxos who might not be quite as educated in, in these things and try and extort them for for passwords so you know no matter how good as techies can be um my simple answer to this is it's always human it's always a human that will fail somewhere. They've left a door open. They've forgot to set a rule somewhere. Um, someone's tried to befriend them in a way and got some information out of them. Um, and we've all, all got to be mindful of that. It doesn't matter if we go shove all that up in the cloud. <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, if someone gets someone's password, it's, it's no good anyway. Um, probably not the most technical answer, but unfortunately, I've been there and seen it. And I've, I've been, unfortunately, taken part in, uh, in some war rooms for data breaches. And they're not fun and... You know, I've had kind of advised customers on stuff like this as well as, you know, and again, we could go down a whole thing with, um, you know, with the ransomware is, right. is what do you do? You know, that, that's another common thing now is, is what do you do? How do you protect your data and how do you make sure that, you know, it is all in a safe place at the end of the day? 
Yeah, I think that uh, if I think of it, I think we all need raises because we all started as compute, right? And then uh, storage entered in and then we were compute and storage. You know, we, we struggled through learning storage and then compute storage, then network, right? Okay, yeah, you got to kind of blend in the network now and you know, might deal with the network admins, but then, you know, you, you deal with that. Uh, then, then it kind of went security, right? Where all of a sudden security, now you had to be a security expert, you had to be a compute expert, a storage network, and a network expert. Uh, now you got to be a security network. And uh, I think in the last year or maybe two years ago, it became the application. Then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're in Kubernetes and YAML files and controlling apps that sit on top of that. And how, how are those all happening? And you got to kind of understand this. Maybe you're not running all of it, but you are paying attention to it. And so, uh, and now throw in cloud on top of that where now you also have to do this in a multi-cloud environment where you have to worry about security applications storage network and compute all running uh yeah so we just need a raise right uh, lino i don't know if you if you agree or am i just uh, whining yeah uh, i completely agree with you uh, especially uh, because uh, yeah i am working day by day with the security teams because uh, yeah in my job uh, security is in our DNA and uh, for this reason uh, uh, we are uh, uh, yeah because we are working in automation the automation we are implementing many security uh, steps before uh, apply or d deliver the application in, uh, in the Kubernetes space in, in the Kubernetes layer and um, yeah uh, the goal uh, for uh, the next year in 2023 or 2024, I don't know uh, when exactly, uh, is to implement the uh, many zero trust uh, way to uh, yeah to guarantee that uh, no uh, no password, no secrets are run in. Uh, um, in clear, but always handled by uh, you know uh, another abstraction layer. And uh, for this reason, uh, yeah, one of the man the things that uh, are uh, moving in, the, in that uh, in that side is uh, because uh, not all uh, the workload is running on prem. Uh, we have a mix of workload on prem and cloud, and uh, working in cloud, the security must be by design and must be uh, yeah you you can you you can't uh, think you you can't do uh, think things in cloud uh, without taking care of the security of course but we must simplify the security yeah all right the last topic for the the show they announced vmware explorer 2023 in barcelona again uh, which is great uh Router, router, router. Uh, you were the. I think you were there, right? Like so. Um, yeah, yeah. We were, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, excited to to do it again. What do we think we can do better? What was really great about it this year? And uh, are, are you excited to be going back again? I'm excited to go back again. It will be probably be my second time as a vendor there. Uh, I do think that they might need to plan for a bit more uh, people coming there because I think yeah, it was kind of crowded at times. <laughs> I told everybody you had to, by the second day, you, if you regged, you had to register with a buddy and then you had to put him on your shoulder because that was the only way you were going to fit when you were yeah, so something like yourself. that. Yeah, it, I guess the estimations on the audience were a bit low, but it, it, the atmosphere was good. I have to say from uh, the, the exhibition floor as a vendor, it, the vibe was really good. So, 
Yeah, I know that they had uh, planned on not doing it again, and that's why they had they had planned for only three thousand people. That's what they thought they were going to get um, because of because of COVID and you know lots of stuff, travel restrictions, travel budgets, all that. Um, and so then this was going to be the last one that uh, Broadcom was not going to commit to doing other ones. Broadcom saw the USA event and they went, "Well, we're going to definitely do the USA event because you know they got like eight, nine thousand people at the USA event." And then they were like, "Yeah, we're going to get three thousand at, at Europe." But then it turned into five thousand, then turned into seven thousand, then it turned into ten thousand, right? And you actually had more in Europe than you did in the U.S. Uh, really, when you uh, look at the numbers, and so uh, that shifted everything. It made it crowded, but it also made it kind of fun. It, it, I, I definitely had a lot of fun there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that was good. So, Alexandra, your first one. Um, what, what were you expecting versus what you got uh, when you when you ended up there? Well, uh, to be honest, I think like maybe it's the same for others. Maybe not. But uh, at first, I only thought like there would be a lot of content, a lot of good sessions to learn from. Uh, and then I was basically torn between all the content and sessions and to get everywhere all the time. And uh, something that stuck with me were the um, uh, VMware code community sessions. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, so that was, I think, my favorite part of the whole uh, event. And uh, those sessions over there were really uh, kind of for all levels. Uh, of people and you could really find uh, sessions that could uh, uh, that could really uh, really the message to uh, whichever background you're coming from and uh, especially I hope I'm uh, there would be more uh, sessions like the one uh, that was uh, done by you I think and Bill Rudd about uh, the things that you were doing. You're just, uh, you're just sucking up now. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're just doing nice things. Um, it was the, the event team came to us afterwards uh, for for the, this year's planning and said, "Yeah, we want to do more community slash V Brown bag slash code sessions because those were the most crowded." most attended most liked of all the sessions at vmworld right so so that was uh that was nice of them to say they always say that every year and then every year we ask them for more space and more session space and they say no uh but uh i think the community area with the uh with the max tang giveaways corey i thought that was like super busy super fun uh, the fact that we had hardware to give away was also fun. The fact that in Europe, you guys got lucky in Europe, we had all the extra ones. So if you didn't register, uh, but you were, you know, you were there, you could put yourself on a queue. And how many did, Corey, you unmute yourself. How many did you actually give away extra? I think like a hundred, right? Yeah, it was, it was quite a few. Uh, it was a lot. Yeah, it was quite a few. I, I, we, we got, a, you know, we emptied all of them. So yeah. yeah, all right. So you don't you don't remember you don't remember the list. I think no, we, not off the top of my head. No, I think I think I think we had eighty some people on the overflow list, right? And people would come up and go like, "Oh, I didn't register for my Max thing. You know, I want a Nook, but I can't get it." And we're like, when we had uh, fifteen, we're like, "Ah, we're out. You got the list, and you're number 17 They're like, "Oh, cool." When they came back and they're like, "Oh, you're on the list, and you're number sixty-eight, right?" They, they were like, "Oh, rats!" And I'll say, if you ever get on a wait, waiting list and you're number sixty-eight, good luck. <laughs> it's not good. Rat. 
that upgrade. <laughs> that's right. That's not going to be. But because um, we had saved all the extras in the U.S., we didn't do that. In the U.S., we said, sorry, if you're not on the list, you don't get it. And we decided to ship all the extra units to Europe uh, uh, so that we would have make sure we had enough for people that signed up for Europe because we weren't sure whether they were going to give us budget to buy any additional ones for Europe. So we kept all the extras in the U.S., shipped them to Europe. They gave us extra budget. In the last minute, they gave us the budget we were supposed to have for Europe because the reg for Europe was so high that they went, oh, yeah, we're going to have budget. We got It's good. Here, you can... You can they told me I could have bigger boost space, I could triple the boost space, and, but uh, you can't do that when they tell. They told me that, um, I think October 22 or something like that, they told me that I could have all the money I wanted. And it, by then it was too late. I told everybody, no, you're going to just have to have a, a buddy and register and put them on your shoulders. But we did get extra nooks, and so, yeah, we were able to give away. We had, a, I think we had 90, I think we had 105 spares that, we, I think we gave everybody one that came afterwards and got one. So that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, there were only two V experts who didn't get one, who, who came in, showed up the very last day. And, the last day. Yeah. Yeah. and we put in some effort to, to go, okay, people, come in now. Even I got one, and I gave my original one away to Alexandra. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that, 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 that made that space fun for sure. So Alexandra, you know, you did pick up that it was a kind of a fun space to be at. I think the talks were fun. Uh, so it was fun and uh, hopefully we'll have bigger spaces next year uh, that will allow us to do more of those. And in fact, typically for that area, we would have two studios, one designated for code and one designated for the community talks. We did that in the US but I was out of budget uh, in uh, October, so I could only afford one big area, one you know bigger area, and so we didn't do two. But next year we will actually have two. We'll have one for code and then one for uh, community as well. So that, that yeah, it was fun. really nice also um, that you shared what you've done uh, with uh, the Max Tank, and um, oh, yeah. I yeah, hope yeah. to see more sessions like that from even other V experts to kind of share. Uh, you know, scenarios of what they've done in With their home work. labs and maybe others can replicate that. It just gives ideas on what you can do, what you can learn about and okay, yeah, that's possible. Someone else did it. Maybe I can also try it. Yeah, yeah. You, you give me um, an idea for my submission. Yeah, yeah. likewise, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> right. Good. Good. I know we're at the top of the hour, and uh, so I will be respectful of that. The, we do do, uh, we're on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash vbarbecue, V-B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. You can go look at and see what Alexandra, Lino, uh, Wouter, and Garth look like. If you want to see their, their mugs, they're, they're, they're fairly attractive people. You can go give us a like and a follow if you want to. We post our videos there. Uh, v Barbecue, traditionally, we've done that. Tony Foster, I don't know if you're on the call. He is there. Call. He is there. I'm here. here. You, do you got there any, any V-Barbecue for us, bro? I do. I do. So, so do you want the classic or do you want the bizarre? I want the bizarre. Okay. So, uh, first barbecue of the year was here about a week and a half ago. And um, here in the States, they have these uh, little things called breakfast nuggets that have sausage and egg and everything uh, in them. And you, you're just supposed to microwave them 
Um, and you have basically like microwave chicken nuggets for breakfast. Right. Um, those are actually pretty good barbecued. Oh, interesting. I, I really interesting. The, yeah, I threw them on the grill uh, one evening as uh, I was uh, preparing some steaks and uh, a few other things. And um, just to see what they'd turn out. And they, they're actually pretty good barbecued. So now you just do you use coal on your barbecue like and put Kingsford? Or yes. Yeah. So I am a charcoal purist. I, if I wanted to use propane, why don't I just go inside and fire up the stove? That's great. That's great. Um, all right. Well, that was a good one. Alexandra, because you're from a strange country we've never heard of before, right? You know, um, do you guys do barbecue in your country? And, and if so, what's your favorite? Um, hmm. We do. Yeah. But uh, when charcoal was mentioned just now, that the first thing that occurred to me is that we have this um, uh, traditional food uh, that's made with uh, red bell peppers. It's called Ivar. It's basically... Um, those uh, bell peppers are uh, kind of barbecued and then uh, peeled and then made into a spread that we oh, usually yeah. eat during the winter in jars and uh, like uh, I said when charcoal was mentioned the first thing that came to mind is that um, when you buy a store bought uh, Ivar it's not the same like you've made it yourself because it's not made in charcoal so now uh, it's not uh, something that you uh, do as a traditional barbecue, but yeah, that came to mind. So I wanted to share that. That that is cool. So we got barbecue chicken nuggets, and we got uh, a smoke spread that is a pepper a, a, a pepper that is uh, peeled and then uh, mashed into a spread. And uh, if you do it on charcoal, it's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The wood gives it a, sp a special flavor. All right, um, before we end the show, anybody else have anything from a barbecue perspective you'd like to share? I don't want to let, I don't want to exclude anyone. No, I don't have anything. No, there you go. All right. Cool. I did, uh, I did some Traeger. I did ribs on a Traeger. It was pretty good. It was when one of the storms hit, and so I had to be out under an umbrella, right? And what I learned about when you're smoking ribs on a, a Traeger, that's like a seven-hour activity, but you have to add in the fact that the rain is hitting the Traeger, cooling it the whole time. And so I would run out of pellets in my pellet hopper because the it requires so much energy to keep the barbecue at 225 degrees over six hours because it was pouring rain. We had rain forever. It's been, you know, like we talked at the beginning of the show. So that's kind of fun. That was an interesting thing to 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 do barbecue on a smoker in the rain requires a lot more fuel. So that's I what can, we got. I can I've done a turkey once. Similar here in the UK. It's raining all the time. Stereotypical. Uh, that took about six hours in the smoker, constantly trying to feed it coal rain put stuff over it put an umbrella over it yeah <laughs> it's, it's yeah, hard it's, work. yeah 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 the temperature outside and the conditions do uh do affect the barbecue 
Uh, with that, guys, uh, we're at the end of the hour. It's been great to be back in 2023. Good to see everybody. Looking forward to hearing about what you guys are working on, uh, whether it's software, uh, the Expert Pro, uh, you know, just doing your own home lab stuff, uh, or our migration to the cloud. All of you have a role in that. Thank you for being great community members in Europe, and uh, looking forward to a good year. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank yep. you. Thank you.